Let's jump right into it. It is the Fantastics Insider Football Week 11 podcast where it's the Waiver Wire Report. Dan Klaskins, James Adams checking in with you here this Tuesday, every Tuesday, all season long. And of course, you can also get us on Saturdays on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87, the SXM app, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, insiderfootball.com, anytime. And James, I mean, here we are, my friend, week number 11. And for most of us, that means a few weeks left here in the regular season, but time is running out for that fantasy turnaround. Injuries are piling up. We've got buys. We've got all the things there and plenty to talk about here today. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like each week I'm losing bits and pieces of my... I was bragging about this great fantasy season, and it's like, man, Aaron Jones, Cordero Patterson, it was Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago. All my great teams that keep losing players left and right. Yeah, I kind of feel your pain, too. I have a great dynasty team that I'm now I'm looking for an RB2. It had... Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones on it to start the season. Um, so I feel your pain, but that's what this is all about, man. Everybody's got to deal with injuries, just like uh, when, when the NFL teams get to the Super Bowl. They're not going to be a full strength either. So that's what we hit the waiver wire for. This is why we're doing this. is how we persevere, my man. Yes, yes, yes. And it is interesting. We're going to get to the waiver wire in a bit. But this time of year, it's like those bids are a little different because, with I said, in some cases, some owners and managers out there just have – Four weeks left of the season. So spending $10 on a player now divided by four weeks compared to $10 of your fab budget in week two, you get a lot more bang for your buck earlier in the season. But that said, James, uh, before we get to the waiver wire, let's just quickly look back at the week that was week number 11 and, or excuse me, number 10 uh, mm-hmm. last week. And another week, dude, where I really feel like what the heck is going on around the NFL? Every time I think I've figured out who the team to beat for my Super Bowl bet is, uh, uh, they get smoked. And uh, it was continued to be the case this week, a plethora of surprises. It started on Thursday night a week ago with the Ravens getting knocked off by in Miami. You saw the Bucks, obviously another tough matchup for them, losing to the Washington football team, which clearly was uh, a big surprise. And then, of course, uh, you know, we don't even get into the Cardinals. I mean, granted, they had Colt McCoy in there, but I mean, they just got smoked by Carolina. Dallas, a team that got smoked the week before, come back and did it to another team here. But probably my favorite result of the entire week was the tie between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions. One, obviously, we're not Steelers fans, being Bengal fans. But two, hey, the Lions, they're still winless, James, but they're not going to go 0-17. Uh, so many things to unwrap there. I'll tell you this. Much like you're saying, which team is the Super Bowl favorite, I'm sitting here on – after Thursday, I thought, okay, well, it was Lamar's chance to be the MVP front runner again. He laid an egg on Thursday night. I guess we're back to Tom Brady. He laid an egg on Sunday. I don't know. Is Travis Kelsey now the front runner for the MVP? I know that's really not the answer. I have a long shot bet on him. That's why I threw it Cooper out there. Cooper Cup? I mean, yeah, that's not about, a bad answer, actually. Well, I mean, the receiver's never going to win it, but you just look at his numbers. And, I mean, he's on some historic paces right now. He certainly fantasies MVP mm-hmm. to this point of the season. And it wasn't as pretty for the Rams in general these past two weeks. But Cooper Cup's still getting his production. But I do think it is interesting that we forget that the NFL's a long season, right? And especially in these divisional races, fantasy football aside, you look at some of these divisions. And a perfect example is Rams versus 49ers matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams are sitting here on Cozy Street. I mean, yeah, they're trying to catch up to the Cardinals, take advantage of things. But, I mean, the 49ers, they're fighting for their livelihood here. And uh, that's a perfect example of a desperate team sometimes prevails in these things. And when you get into these division rivalries, too, you just never know. I mean, 
any given Sunday around the league. And if there is a tagline or a motto for the 2021 NFL season, it, it to me is no other than expect the unexpected. I've been I've been just saying I think the NFL is drunk this year. Yeah, or every time every time I think they're going to take a step. Well, no, man, I, I promise you, I had zero beverages on Sunday, and yet still was was uh, perplexed. Oh, and by the way, the other thing I, I did love that uh, Lions tie because the Steelers, a couple of people were eliminated from Survivor. I'm one of eleven people left. In Are you a, serious? Out of a hundred, wow. I think 130 awesome. people started. I'm one of eleven left. Yeah, so I was cheering hard. I wasn't even sure the tie eliminated, but I was. You know, I'm cheering for the loss, and then then I'm clicking refresh every 20 seconds. Wow. I mean, it's impressive. Uh, my survivor life came in quickly and I was even, I haven't even logged back into the survivor pools, but I was interested. I was just going to go back into a couple of them now and be like, gosh, did somebody win it this week? Cause it's like, it's been that type of uh, bludgery. Uh, and you know, I think as we look at the, you know, the fantasy production for the season and what we saw last week, a lot of inconsistencies there. Uh, definitely, you know, that was a good takeaway. Uh, obviously, dude, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this guy continues just to be a absolute stud right now. And uh, I, I wish I had more shares of him, James. Uh, to be frank, I mean, mm-hmm. he only finishes RB5 this week. A.J. Dillon, Ramondre Stevenson, they all did well. But probably the, the biggest thing on the list, the takeaway for me, how about at running back Antonio Gibson getting back involved here? 24 carries, a pair of touchdowns coming out of that bye week. Uh, I know a lot of Gibson owners out there probably are, are, are fighting for player playoff lives in many cases. But, dude, I mean, he had a strong second half last season. Maybe this is the beginning of another one here. Okay, so I think that's really an interesting one to look at because obviously the usage, I'm going to say, has to come from um, a very surprising being up. By the way, Tampa Bay, a couple uh, people were eliminated survivors of that. The yards per carry was terrible, right? But he got two touchdowns, and it was against the Tampa Bay defense that you don't run the football against. And so then I look at that yards per carry, and I go, maybe that's a little bit better than what I was originally trying to think about. Because, right, I was telling people I wouldn't even start Gibson against the Bucs. So I think that is that is a good take. And those 64 yards or whatever it ended up being, it's, that's not a that's not chump change against Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, a Tampa Bay defense. You see Zeke Elliott didn't do anything like that against them in week one. Yeah, I mean, it's a sign of life is what it is. Yep. And uh, for Gibson owners, I mean, they've been waiting for one. So, and in his defense, dude, he's been battling this shin injury all season. So maybe the bye week actually gave him a little rest. And as you said, the efficiency wasn't there, but the volume was. We were a little worried before the bye. We saw him not get a lot. He was sort of being phased out there. Maybe they were just resting up just for that. So. You look at the quarterback position. I know we've been talking quite a bit about my concern about him keeping his longtime uh, job here, but Jalen Hurts, dude. I mean, another QB1 type of performance here, and it wasn't amazing, but he had a real nice pass to Devontae Smith. He's still getting the rushing production there. Finishes QB7. Most quarterback one finishes this season, so finishing inside the top 12. Jalen Hurts leads all of fantasy football right now, James. Mm-hmm. Nine, nine QB one finishes, and he's played nine or ten games. So all but one game he's finished as a QB one, a top twelve quarterback. That there's nobody that's finished with eight. There's nobody that's finished with seven. You got Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. They've had six. And then there's a, a slew of quarterbacks, Carr, Allen, Murray, Jackson, Stafford, and Heineke with five. But Jalen Hurts, 
nine QB one finishes. The next closest quarterbacks are six QB one finishes. So it's pretty impressive, dude. Uh, pretty impressive. I know it hasn't looked good in real football, but in fantasy football, it has proven to be successful there. And, uh, you know, I'm riding in him out in a couple leagues. I have him in a few spots. Unfortunately, one of the leagues, my rest of my team stinks, so I can't take advantage. But I'm hoping that he can keep that job right there. Anything else from this week, a busy week of Week 10, uh, that you want to hit on before we turn the page? Uh, I'm worried about New England if I'm anybody else in the AFC right now. Here they come with a very proven coach and a defense that was beleaguered last year from coronavirus sit-outs. So that team looks good, and and I will say we'll get to add drops and everything else. I think with what I take away from Monday Night Football is it's probably time to cut Trey Lance because I don't think he's going to get enough time to matter in fantasy football this year. I know, I know. I kept thinking it was coming, but – and it looks like it was Justin Fields, not him to hold on to. I know I had that decision in uh, one of my teams earlier in the season, but who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's getting hard there. And uh, obviously the QB won this week, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, dude, it was nice to finally see the Chiefs look like the Chiefs a little bit, but it was it because it was against the Raiders or will it continue versus the Cowboys? It'd be interesting to see if they can keep that moving along. Um, well, I'll tell you, I, I am hopeful and I am ex- expecting that that Chiefs Cowboys game will be everything we had hoped Green Bay Seattle was, was going to be. But why wasn't. did you have to talk about that game, dude? <laughs> well, I think we both kind of thought that that could happen with those two quarterbacks playing their first game and one a week, one in a month, practically. So, no, I'm hopeful that that is the case. And, um, you know, I mean, I from a fan perspective, I don't really care that much, but. Well, it is nice to see that AFC West, like many divisions. I mean, it looked like the Chiefs were left for dead, and suddenly they're back in first place. The Chargers can't run away with it. The Raiders, obviously, they've had their off-the-field and on-the-field problems there. And, uh, you know, the Broncos, well, I mean, they're not very good. So, I mean, Kansas City, as a football team here, uh, you know, they, they, they're they getting healthy for one. I mean, I think getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, but... You know, they got to get better on defense. That addition of Melvin Ingram, I mean, that's allowed Chris Jones to move back in there in the middle. And when he's at, when he's in the middle and he's at 100%, that defense is an entirely different unit. Yeah, because- and, and when they play from ahead, that defense is an entirely different unit too, like they did on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, so I don't know. I think football uh, in general uh, is going to be very interesting down the stretch as most of these divisions are going to really – even the Buffalo, as you said, I mean, we thought it was pretty much a, there's division already, and now here there are Patriots knocking on the door. So lots of fun indeed there. Let's move along, though. Let's turn the page a little bit to this week. Before we do that, we got to look at some of the injuries coming out of last week's action. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, of course, with the COVID-19, was a late scratch there. Oh, they're hopeful he can return this week. We'll see about that. Baker Mayfield dinged up here with a knee, James. He's had the shoulder issues going on. I mean, this guy, he's not going to finish this season anywhere near healthy. The question is, will he finish the season at all? And Colt McCoy, he had a pec issue there, filling in for Kyler Murray. It looks like he can play in Week 11. The Cardinals, for their sake, though, they better get Kyler Murray back. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they had a nice little Hopkins. lead here. And Hopkins. So those are uh, nothing really there. The big injuries of the week came at the running back position, and specifically the biggest one that's killing me right now, Aaron Jones, who <laughs> I got a little hot and heavy on there in late August. So I've got him in, in a lot of spots in those late drafts that I've been doing well in and rolled out. It's better than it looked in, in terms of the news and the way I thought it was going to be on Sunday. It turns out just a sprained MCL. We'll know a little bit more here, but it, it, they're talking one to two weeks optimistically. But we got to remember, the Packers are playing for their playoff run, not our fantasy championship run. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I'd be shocked if he came back in less than one. I mean, I think he's going to miss at least two games. But A.J. Dillon. Well, I was going to say, if, shouldn't he miss three games if they can win without him? Because A.J. Dillon certainly looks just as good, if not, I don't want to say better. I mean, they're two different running backs, but he certainly looked good in his stead. And they've got the bye coming up, uh, I think, in week 13. Is that so what if it you is? could, Yeah, so if you could get him, you know, instead of one to two weeks, if it's three weeks plus the bye week, now that's four weeks. I will learn so much more from that. But you're right, it was, uh, it was a painful injury to take from fantasy perspective. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you remember when we talked Thrive Props on the weekend, and I said easily over for the running and rushing, uh, running and rushing, rushing and uh, receiving yardage for Aaron Jones. Let me tell you that my four-way prop came four yards short of Aaron Jones hitting all four of them to go over and win 110 yet again this week on Thrive. Mm. When he got hurt and I just looked at my girlfriend, I said, oh, man, I can't even like – I'm not going to say it, but by the way. <laughs> and then I said it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, those injuries definitely kill you. But it is a good plug for Thrive, the official props provider of Fantastics. Use the promo code Fantastics to get your match bonus, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, no, uh, it – the other running back injury, Cordero Patterson, he left. Uh, I was actually on Twitter pretty actively at the time. And, I mean, people were immediately like, oh, my gosh, high ankle sprain. And doctor, all these uh, internet doctors breaking down their videos. And and then somehow he came back in the game for a series. I didn't actually watch. I wasn't watching the game at the time. And then it got to be such a blowout. He's been a limited participant. He's not going to play on Thursday night. This could be a multi-week issue, but... The fact he's even out there today as a limited participant on the field tells me that it's not not doom and gloom this season, you know, four to six week thing here. But maybe playing on Thursday night and missing that tough matchup against the Patriots in those extra days gives him a fighting chance for next week's action. But we're going to have to stay tuned to that. We're keeping our eyes on Alvin Kamara. We know that, uh, you know, he didn't play last week. Can he get back in action? Uh, Damian Harris, another big one, dealing with that concussion. Ramondre Stevenson looking like a stud. And with the Pats playing on Thursday night against the Falcons, Stevenson very well could be in line for that full workload. We saw him go off for 24 touches, 114 yards, two TDs last week when he was sidelined. But uh, outside of that, I mean, really the big injury at receiver, C.D. Lamb, he suffered an arm contusion, didn't finish the game. They had a big lead. It, it sounded like it was downplayed pretty much. So I'm not really... That concern. It's really about some of the guys that are already dinged up. Can they get back on the field this week? You mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. How about Antonio Brown? I mean, he shed the walking boot last week. You'd have to think that was a step in the right direction. Now that the Bucks suddenly losing football games here, maybe there's a little more urgency to that situation as well. Yeah, you would really think so, right? Because the Bucks, I mean, not looking good at all. And there's a clear uh, connection between he and Tom Brady. So I would think that they're ready to get everybody back because it's not only about the AF or the NFC uh, number one seed now. I mean, that division, uh, maybe Atlanta's not on the roll again. I, I, again, they're one of those teams. The that number I can't one out. seed is such a big deal now, though. Oh, yeah. It's the only buy. It's the only buy and its home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting that Brown's anywhere near close, but the idea of the Bucks or any of these other contenders like taking that extra week when they're in the thick of it right now, fighting for that opportunity. I mean, I just don't see it being like that. So I'm hoping that some of these guys that are dinged up, you know, get back on the field, even if it's less than a hundred percent, because right now I need them. I need a lot of these guys and I'm sure all owners out there feeling that desperation with things trickling down, but uh, any other injuries of note? I mean, really there's nothing as we bring the podcast here on Tuesday, we'll be tracking a lot more injuries, obviously, as we head towards the weekend. 
No, I mean, it's more about the guys that were injured, and are we going to see them back? That's, I think, the biggest story this week. Yeah. So let's turn it over uh, now and hit some waiver wire. It's getting to be slim pickings, and uh, as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs, it will be less and less of the waiver wire. We've already talked on a couple names that in shower leagues could still be out there. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, I, I'm guessing he was picked up last week, but clearly of him, or even A.J. Dillon, I know uh, in – one of my 10 team uh, leagues that I was answering questions on earlier, he was available uh, to one of the people uh, asking me questions like, dude, how's AJ Dillon involved still out there? And he's like, Oh, it's a 10 team league. I was like, all right, I got, I guess he might be out there then. But uh, outside those names, James, I mean, as we get deeper down the list, let's start at the running back position. It's pretty slim pickings out there. I mean, you still got this Eagles backfield. If you want to try to pick your poison there, I mean, Miles Sanders probably at least a week away. I mentioned the Cordero Patterson injury. We saw Wayne Gallman, not Mike Davis, get a ton of time uh, last week. So if Patterson doesn't play, as it's looking like he did. I mean, maybe Gallman is the carrier of that workload. And then you got the Tennessee situation. I know a lot of people are talking Dante Foreman. And, uh, you know, definitely has through two weeks. I mean, it's hard to argue. He hasn't looked like the best running back of the bunch of what's left here in the post-Derrick Henry era of this Titans backfield. Yeah, and I would imagine he's probably got the floor right now because he gets a couple of targets. That's just not what Adrian Peterson does. And, I mean, they're running for about – they ran for roughly the same uh, yards per carry last week. So, neither one looked great as a runner, but I think they're both still finding their way there. I I think Foreman is the one I would pick up out of those two. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I've got him – I mean, I'm not expecting a ton, but if you're asking me who I'm rather have off the waivers, it's definitely him. I'm not. I'm not even dealing with that eagle running back situation, nope. especially knowing Sanders is coming back. And outside of that, maybe you're just playing handcuff time now to some of your other running backs, right? Uh, that's that's that, the big point. I yeah. think that's yeah, that's the big point right now. Is with a lot of these bye weeks gone, you're finding handcuffs. You're finding if you've got Jalen Hurts, who I think it's a bye week 14. You're making sure you have a quarterback a couple of weeks in advance yeah. who has a different bye week. Like at this point, Dan, we've we've had a couple of. Uh, Tuesday night podcast in a row where there just hasn't been a big name to go out off after on free agency. And I think now's a time where you really have to start looking at, Hey, who's my playoff run defense? Is this the team I want right now? Yeah. Uh, same things with those backups at quarterback, tight end, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, handcuffing the running back, especially, I mean, yes. you get guys coming out of bye weeks that got cut, for instance, like a Samaj AP Ryan. If you're a Joe Mixon owner, this is probably a guy that's out there now all of a sudden in some leagues. Yep. And you should uh, have him on your roster. Yeah, so make a move for that. At receiver, I mean, a lot of it's guys that have been on injuries or something coming out. So, you know, you got your uh, Michael Gallup. Maybe he wasn't uh, out there. Didn't look all that terrible. But, I mean, there's so many mouths to feed in that offense. Rashad Bateman, obviously, if he was still out there, or Corey Davis, I'd put ahead of him. Uh, Van Jefferson, an interesting name because – when they first signed Odell Beckham, and I was even tweeting about it with some of our, uh, you know, Sirius XM people uh, that we uh, often engage with. And uh, on the night that, that Odell signed in LA, and I mean, we were basically having the fantasy funeral for one Van Jefferson. And then by Friday's news of Robert Woods being out for the season, everybody was going to the waiver wire. Oh man, is Van Jefferson still available? And then he didn't look all that great. So. Mm-mm. And Robbie Anderson, what about him? I cut him in three leagues in the past few weeks, and now Cam Newton's the quarterback. He finally found the end zone. So I'm wondering, is there life to Robbie Anderson? I'm not ready to say yes. And, I mean, to the point of Cam Newton, we'll get there. I'm not ready to say yes on that either. 
Um, no, quite frankly, I mean, the one wide, wide receiver I'm seeing on the waiver wire that I still kind of fits the criteria of, of ownership levels, roster ship, if you will, uh, Deontay Harris. He did not lead the Saints in targets, but he led the Saints in yards. Yeah, this your week. sleeper of the week last week. I see he had a couple big plays there. How much longer can they let Trevor Simeon be the quarterback? I mean, what's wrong with Simeon? He threw for 298, two touchdowns. He, he wasn't accurate. He wasn't great in his completion percentage. I think a was lot like of that was in, in the comeback garbage time, though. But I'm just saying, I mean, Taysom, what's, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that Taysom Hill offers a whole lot either. He's, yeah. he, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. At the quarterback position, I mean, I think we just discussed that it. it's basically dog doo-doo right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Newton is probably the best guy that's out there in most leagues. I, I mean, to me, it's all about his rushing floor. I mean, QB2 and a super flex, yes. I, I don't want him in my one QB leagues. I mean, at this point, I, I'm hoping I can find better. But if you have a deeper league, I mean, he's certainly worth grabbing. I'd rather have two attack of a lower Mac Jones if they're out there right now myself. Or Justin Fields, uh, Justin all three of Fields. those I would rather have. Yeah. But I would, I, yeah, I'm with you. So look, Cam had what four uh, carries and four passes, and I know that he's supposed to be, you know, a bigger part of the offense this coming week. Boy, he's going against. Look what Cam's got in his, in his future: a bye week. His old coach Ron Rivera, who knows how to play defense against him, you would think. Um, he's got a couple of tough matchups. He had like two good matchups. I can't see if you don't play Cam this week, and he doesn't show you enough to start him against Miami next week. Then he's on bye. I mean, I don't know. I, I've looked at the case for Cam Newton. I'm not even sure in a super flex league I would pick him up. Wouldn't probably play him this week in a one QB league. I just don't see the upside there, Dan. Yeah. Tight end, I mean, it's the same old names. Dan Arnold, he gets the volume. <laughs> Tyler Coughlin seems to be a red zone target. I think Gerald Everett's on the rise a little bit here. We saw that before uh, Wilson went out. And as Russell gets healthy, I like him. But, I mean, it's, it's you know. It's the same. You're right. It's the same old names. Streamers for this week. I mean, the Titans, I picked them up for the multi-week thing on defense. Uh, they got Houston, so I like them. Uh Pretty much the Dolphins, they've got the Jets. That's never a bad thing. Cleveland plays Detroit. That's never a bad thing. And the Niners, uh, in some shower leagues, because they were playing the Rams, maybe they were cut. So uh, a matchup versus Jacksonville on top there. Anything else to add to that list? No, Cleveland's the one I'd been rostering, hoping that it would work out. And then they look so des- just bad last week. But it's the Lions. So hopefully, Jared Goff's who I really picked up his opponent. Yeah, it should be interesting. All right, let's turn our attention to what lies ahead in this coming week. And uh, as we always talk about here, James, we've got some great tools at insiderfootball.com, our DFS lineup optimizers available there. You can get all the projections, all the regular season tools, plus our podcast. You can find it there. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the such. We're going to get into our Thrive Fantasy prop bets and – the great deal we got on at Thrive Fantasy here in a bit. But before we do that, let's just sort of look at the slate that lies ahead. The good news for owners, only two teams on by this week, just the Broncos and the Rams sitting out here in week 11. And we've already discussed a little bit the Thursday night game to kick us off. The Red Hot Patriots, who are rising up there, opened at a four-point favorite last week. That's up to seven now. And uh, everybody seems to be on the Patriots. It's in Atlanta the total is set 47. We got nine one o'clock games, early 1 p.m. Eastern games on tap. So uh, not even my eight screen channel of the red zone will allow me or the NFL ticket will allow me to see all the games in one screen, which is never a good thing. But we only got three late games on the afternoon slate. So 
Uh, my favorite game from those early ones, I think from a fantasy perspective, obviously Green Bay, Minnesota is always interesting. But how about Indianapolis at Buffalo? Where Buffalo, more than a touchdown favorite when I checked earlier, seven and a half points to the Colts who seem to be playing better. Yeah, that's an interesting one because the Colts, okay, what's up with the Colts? I mean, are we upset that they didn't beat Jacksonville by more? Or are we just simply happily that they won a division game against a team who knocked off the Bills the week before? Um, I guess with the way the NFL has been, you win, you move on, it's good enough. And with that, the Colts have been winning and moving on here in the last couple of weeks, really, since I think they lost to Tennessee a few weeks back. And uh, I think this is a very interesting game because I think the Colts know that they're in a spot now. And the Bills, because they've struggled as of late and the uh, the Patriots coming on and the Bills have two games with them still, I think this game becomes a very big AFC game, one that we probably would have looked at in when the schedule came out in May or whatever and pinpointed, and then so many things changed that it didn't look like a great game. And, well, we're like full circle with, with the Chiefs back on in good offense and back with this game. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess this game will tell a lot about the Colts, right? And as you mentioned earlier, Buffalo now with the Patriots on their butt, and they're probably going to have a win on Thursday night, so they'll know that coming into the game. Mm-hmm. Could be a very desperate situation there. We're going to get Justin Fields. You talked about him heating up. The Bears and the Ravens. Mar Jackson versus Justin Fields. These defenses, another good one there in the one o'clock slot in those early games. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about the rest. Uh, Carolina and Washington, Cam Newton versus Ron Rivera in all likelihood there. So the revenge game of a different kind uh, there. The, the three late games, the big one, obviously Dallas at Kansas City. We'll talk about that a little in depth. But our who days, the Bengals, off their bye week, heading to Vegas. For a kickoff with a struggling Raiders team, and James, I know that they won a game or so at you know, when Gruden left, and and but since Gruden, I mean, Derek Carr is just not looking the same these last few weeks. I mean, I really feel maybe it's a little bit of the Henry Rugg situation, but mm-hmm. uh, that Raiders defense. I mean, they've had their moments, but coming out of the bye week here, I'm I'm pretty bullish, and I, I know I'm a little biased, but I am pretty bullish on the Bengals to come out here and uh, especially offensively to have a good game plan there. And then Arizona, Seattle. I mean, if we can get Kyler Murray healthy, uh, or at least active against Russell Wilson, maybe this game ends up being what we expected last week, Wilson versus Rodgers. But that you got the chiefs, Cowboys, you got the Bengals Raiders only three, four o'clock games, but they could be some fantasy dandies. Yeah. And unfortunately there are Bengals usually at one o'clock. I'd be able to lock into that Cowboys chiefs game. Instead one, the one o'clock game, I think you missed a little bit. Dan is saints and the Eagles. And okay, is it going to be a fantasy plethora of points? Probably not. But A, I'm hoping that Kamara gets back. What about the Eagles, who are the best running team in football over the last couple of weeks? And that has a lot to do with Jalen Hurts running the football. But you can't run the ball against the Saints, but maybe they can because of the way they're going to run the football. I think that's actually a really interesting game, which I think the line right now is just one and a half uh, favoring the Eagles. So I think that's a really good one, too. But yes, of course, I'm excited about the Bengals. The prime timers, uh, not quite as exciting. Pittsburgh is at the Chargers, and uh, Pittsburgh's banged up beyond Ben Roethlisberger. They have injuries, other COVID things that we're going to have to keep our eyes on here. And of course, Big Ben, and for the Chargers, I mean, they really, they really didn't do what they needed to last week versus Minnesota. So this is a big game for them at home here. And then the Monday night game, a very angry Tom Brady, whose press conference I believe lasted like forty-three seconds after that loss, and. Washington. They're back at home here against the Giants and the G-Men and a game that could potentially have Saquon Barkley back in the backfield there for New York. 
Yeah, I can't wait to take Saquon Barkley calls on Saturday because he's going to be going against the same defense. I didn't want to start a what I believe to be a healthier uh, Antonio Gibson, so I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to need some Saquon help. But that <laughs> that is not a game I think I'm really looking forward to watching. I think the Bucks will dominate, but the Giants have certainly had Tom's number before. Yes. As we look ahead to some matchups, some you know early goodness here, just some quick names to throw at you to keep your eyes on. Uh, Stefan Diggs versus the Colts. I mean, we didn't talk a lot about what Stefan Diggs, he finally showed up with his eight catches and 162 here. And now he's got the Colts who've been really, really bad, particularly against number one receivers on the season. I mean, uh, I mean, just going back through some of these stat lines, Elijah Moore, I mean, seven for 84 and two touchdowns. AJ Brown, 10 for 155 and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, seven for 100 and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, nine for 89. Marquise Brown, nine for 125 and two. Devontae Parker, four for 71 and one. Oh, you remember the Cooper Cup game, James? Nine for 163 and two. Who's Devontae Parker? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that was one of the three weeks he wasn't <laughs> he on the played. list. <laughs> Now, I was going to say this, too. You mentioned uh, Moore from New York. That was actually – White got hurt in that game, so that was the third-string quarterback that delivered a lot I know, of the uh, action I know. to him, But, too. like, as I'm starting to look at matchups, like, Stefan Diggs very well could be my wide receiver one on my board this week. No reason not to be. Uh, so, we've got that. A.J. Dillon, I think, is in a smash spot. We've talked oh, about yes. him. But going against the Vikings here, I mean, eighth-highest mark in football. They're giving up uh, yards on the ground right now in that matchup. Uh, and – a sneaky name on the list uh, at tight end, Cole Komet, uh, a rising name that is going to be probably my sleeper of the week. We'll get more on him either here or later. But, uh, I mean, he, he's his targets are going up. His receptions are going up. He's, he's definitely getting more and more involved here. Jimmy Graham, I mean, outside of the red zone look. So, and it's a good matchup with the Ravens. So, I, I, I got a lot of work to still do on my matchups. But just a little tease there uh, to get us started as we head towards kickoff. All right, well. As we do every week, James, we'll do our Thrive Fantasy Prop, and we're so thrilled to have Thrive on as a partner this season as our official props provider of Fantastics. Thrive Fantasy has a $40,000 guaranteed contest again this week here for week 11. It's 20 bucks to enter. First place will take home 10G, and also you can check out their prop lobby, which is a lot of fun. Get some great multipliers on two, three, and four player prop parlays. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. And the best of all, they're giving a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100 when you sign up at ThriveFantasy.com with the promo code FANTISTICS. All right, James, I, I'm still getting my butt kicked by you, but neither of us were all that great last week, and I actually beat you. I actually Ooh. beat you last week. We both hit a total of one prop. One of yours was Ben Roethlisberger, so you had to go to your ice pick. Okay. So you lost on the under 27.5 completions for Mahomes. You won and got 80 points on the rushing touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. As I mentioned, Ben Roethlisberger, a scratch. So we went to your ice pick. Justin Herbert over 275.5 yards. He had 195. So you earned a total of the week. 80 points, which now gives you 1,030 points well in the lead. But I actually got 95 points with the prop I got right last week, which was my number one pick of Keenan Allen over six and a half receptions. He, of course, finished with eight. Kyle Pitts, I said it last week when I picked it, that he's missed the mark of 62 and a half twice by less than three yards, and he got 60 yards receiving this time, marking it a third time. Mm. 
In that game, I mean, I expected the Rams to score a freaking touchdown for crying out loud. Justin Jefferson, I picked the wrong week to go under on him, 85 and a half points. He went off for 143. My ice pick, which was irrelevant, didn't hit either. I missed by a half a catch on these six and a half receptions for McLaurin. So I got 95 points last week. You got 80. So you're up 1030 to 815. But I, my friend, finally get to pick first for a week, which has been a couple weeks since I got to do that. And I'm going to start right where I started talking about before. I'm going to go. I need points. So as I make my picks today, they're going to be a little more aggressive. Okay. And I'm going to start with this prop for over 120 points with the best rookie receiver in probably a decade. Jamar Chase coming out of that bye week. 85 and a half total yards versus the Raiders. I thought maybe I was being a little biased, but then I went into insiderfootball.com and looked at our weekly player projections already out. I was like, oh, we're projecting Mr. Chase as the second best wide out of the week. And granted, they only we're only projecting 84 yards there, but it's close enough. I need the points. I'm going Jamar Chase and hoping I can make up some ground here. I like it. That would have been one of my three. That's a good pick. Now I'm wondering where to go for my second pick, or my first pick, I should say, what would have been my second. I'll just go right above it. I'm going to go David Montgomery, 75.5 total rushing and receiving yards. Let's hope he doesn't play too much quarterback and throw the football in that wildcat formation. I'm kidding. Uh, he did play that a couple times, though. But I think between the rushing and receiving yards, I like that to go over. It's an even prop, 100 either way. Basically, look, Baltimore's defense has given up uh, uh, much more yardage than you would pers- than you would assume. It, and David Montgomery, he looked good again. He looked fully healthy a week ago. He's coming off the bye now, and I really like the fact that he played. Then they got off the bye. That was against a tough Pittsburgh defense, too. Baltimore not as good against the run. Give me David Montgomery. I'll take that over. Yes. It's hard not to root for it. And, uh, of course. He definitely looked good in his little glimpse back there. So I think I can get behind that for sure. Uh, and here's the thing. The question is with that whole situation is, will Herbert even be any bit of a factor, right? I mean, not to say from a fantasy standpoint, will he be usable? That that answer is easy. But how much will he ding Montgomery's value and ultimately this prop? Yeah, and I think, I think honestly, Herbert's on the field more often than not. It'll probably be when, uh, when, when they're on the field together. He'll have his own snaps too, but, I mean, I, I think they're ready to give Montgomery that full load. All right. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. My next one is going to be another, a bit of aggressive one, slightly ahead of the fantastic insider football projection, but I'm going to go over 320 and a half total yards passing plus rushing for Lamar Jackson for 105 points versus the bears. All right. I like it actually, because if that happens, then David Montgomery probably goes over on the other side in a high scoring game. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take the bears doing like, scoring two for me to get this and i realize that but i actually sort of like the over in this contest so i'll roll with it here okay i can get behind that and by the way props to skeeter robinson who gave us the uh the free space with i think it was 125 points for the under a half of interception by carson wentz i had that in both of my lineups one of them did cash by the way okay that's nice just want to throw that out if he if he has another gimme like that this week i will change my lineups accordingly Uh, i'm gonna go back to overs um I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. It's a half a total receiving touchdown. The Titans, again, I talked about it uh, before last week, and Tannehill didn't do as much as I probably would have liked to see, but he certainly did enough. Now they get an easy defense in Houston, and I think A.J. Brown gets in the end zone. 110 points over a half a receiving touchdown? I like it. 
It's hard not to, especially the way he's been looking and, and how things been rolling there. Uh, I'm going to finish up here. I, I went aggressive on the first two. Now I'm going to try to just, you know, hit that drive in the fairway. You know, just, just get something that's playable here, James. And I'm going to go under one and a half total touchdowns on Najee Harris for 65 points. It can be rushing or receiving. I don't think he gets in the end zone twice. I'll take my chances and hopefully get some points on the board here with my pick number three. And I think that's a good strategy in picks, by the way. I did that with Josh Jacobs last week, went under his one and a half total total touchdowns. Sometimes if you get to 10 picks and you just don't have 10 you love, I've kind of equated it to like playing a cash game on some other sites. Take a pick that you feel pretty comfortable with, and if you don't come in first place, I don't know, second place pays 5000 third place pays, pays 2500 So Well, yeah, I'm just cool. hoping here. It's okay I'm to do that, I'm just hoping here, you know, if I, if, I hit a, if I hit both of those and get a give me, then suddenly it's a real good opportunity here. Yeah, and that's what I'm all about. So I'm going to go over, and I'm actually going to take the, 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 the little bit of the uh, good points side of this. It's over for 105 points. It's Patrick Mahomes. total passing yards. I saw what I needed to see from them a little bit last week. It wasn't great, but it looked a lot better. And I expect fireworks in Dallas, Kansas City, as I said earlier tonight. I thought it's, I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be everything we wanted Green Bay and Seattle to be. I'll take the over one and a half, uh, or I'm sorry, over three. 305.5 305.5 passing touchdowns or passing right. yards. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping you're right there. I think it's, I think it could be really close and just like right on the mark as well. So, uh, but I'm going George Kittle as my ice pick. Uh, six and a half receptions under six and a half receptions. He's definitely back. He's going to be an end zone threat, but that's, you know, getting to seven catches. I mean, that's something, especially a game against Jacksonville where I think they're going to be running a lot. So I'm going to go under for the 85 points on George Kittle at six and a half receptions for my ice pick. I don't mind that at all. I'll actually make an ice pick of an under two, and it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, one and a half total passing touchdowns. Maybe he gets it in garbage time, but I'll tell you what, that San Fran defense looked pretty good last night. They had Matt Stafford confused, and maybe Matt Stafford's not as good as they thought he was in L.A. when they went to get him. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, maybe uh, is the answer in Jacksonville. But this time around, I will take the under one and a half total passing touchdowns. As a reminder, you can get in on all these fun, fun props as well. Join us over at thrivefantasy.com. Get in that $40,000 guaranteed contest. Have some fun in that prop lobby. Get you a little two, three, or four player prop going. And when you make that first bo- uh, deposit, make sure you use the promo code FANTASTICS to get a 100% instant deposit bonus match. Thrivefantasy.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We always appreciate you catching up with us. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Insiderfootball.com is where you can find it anytime as well. Of all the tools to help you win this season. James, before we get out of here, any final words of wisdom for this Week 11 edition? Um, Again, when you hit that waiver wire, think about what you need for the championship run because if there's not a lot that you're, that's helping you this week, think ahead while your opponents are only thinking about this week. Good words there indeed. Best of luck to everyone as they hit the waiver wire. Best of luck to you in your games. Be sure to hit him on Twitter at JamesAdams94. You can get me at Dan Claskins at Fantistics as well. And find us on Saturday morning when we're back there at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern with Fantistics Insider Football on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Until next time around, thanks for listening to another edition of the Fantistics Insider Football Podcast.